Welcome to another C3 Church Rockingham podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au. I want to jump straight in. Are you ready? Not last night, but last week on the Saturday night, we had Rob Carmen speak to us. And because the sisters couldn't come along, I just wanted to share one powerful little thought that Rob shared with the men. Uh, we can't share, share everything because it's strictly men's business. But there was this powerful thought and it was communicated in a story as Rob does. He talked about two balloons. The first balloon is the kind of balloon that's just filled with our own hot air. And once you inflate it, how many people know that if you just drop it, it'll end up on the floor? And and, and to keep it up in the air, to keep it uh, buoyant, you've got to either smack it up or kick it up. You ever, you ever done that? You ever played that game where you just got to kind of keep the balloon up? And it, it requires a whack. It requires a hit to keep it up. And then he told the story of a balloon filled with helium and how once a balloon is filled with helium, it will continue to rise. In fact, it keeps itself elevated and buoyant. He told that story around this truth, that often as believers, when we come into the house of God, we've been told what to do, particularly men. And most men in the room will shout out with a grunting amen, the fact that you don't tell a man what to do. Brothers, come on, support me. Forget the fact that your spouse, your significant other might be close by. Just remember you're in the sanctuary, the house of God. This is a safe place. They're not allowed to elbow. They're not allowed to slap. But the last, he connected it with the whole story that, you know, when a guy gets in the car with his wife and is going someplace, even if he doesn't know how to get there, he is going to make out that he does know how to get there. If he gets lost, he's not going to ask for for directions because he's not made that way. Here's the point. The balloon that is filled with helium is like a person who has taken on a mission that has been given to them by God. The balloon that is filled with hot air is like the individual who has not yet discovered nor committed to their mission and is going to always need someone else to give them a whack, someone else to give them a kick. Let me say it to you this way. The guy who has a mission doesn't need to be told to pray, read their Bible and go to church because they've committed to a mission. They will pray, they will read their Bible, they will get into the house of God because that mission is going to stretch them to the point where they realise every day of their life they cannot do it alone. And so today I want to launch into our series, What's Next, with this thought that comes from Matthew chapter 16. And I'm going to read it to you from the message paraphrase. Are you ready? This is how it reads. Then Jesus went to work on His disciples. I kind of wanted to pause there and say, do you realise that Jesus goes to work on you? Once you come to Him, He goes to work on you. He's the potter. We are the clay. This is what he said. Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. And isn't the self-help industry booming today? Self-sacrifice is the way. It's my way to finding yourself, your true self. What kind of deal is it 
to get everything you want but lose yourself? What could you ever trade for your soul? Let's pray. Father, today I want to thank you that as we read your word, as we study your word, as we hear from you through your word, that God, you would give us life-changing principles and encounters so that in the year ahead, we discover our mission, define our mission and commit to it in Jesus' name. If you're going to give a title to my message today, here it is. You ready? It's deep. It simply says, get out of the seat. I really want to tell you to turn to your neighbour and say, get out of the seat, but I'm not going to do that. It's interesting as you read this, that Jesus said, you're not in the driver's seat. I often hear people say uh, on social media and even live, they say, oh, Jesus, take the wheel. And I've been thinking lately after studying this scripture uh, that when they say to Jesus, take the wheel, he's probably saying, get out of my seat. And it's, it's kind of easy to kind of laugh about others that say that, but I kind of always have to think about it in my own world. It's like, oh, sorry, Lord, I swap seats. And, and so, that, so today, if you remember anything at all out of this message, I want you to remember this, that you need to get out of the seat. There are three important commitments that we make in life as followers of Christ. Real, th- three really important commitments um, decisions, choices. Number one, who our master is. Number two, what our mission is. And number three, who we marry, if we marry. Can I just remind us all that you, you, you're not a subclass follower of Christ if you don't marry? It's okay if you want to and you're not yet, that's okay. You can just keep going towards that deal. But actually in the perfect world, those three decisions would be made in that order, who our master is, what our mission is, and then who we marry. Often men get, grab the hand of a woman they fall in love with and start out on this journey of life and they can't even answer the question where they're going. Uh, but because we live in a fallen world, most of us didn't get the great luxury and the great privilege of making our decisions in that order. Most of us somehow made some of the decisions before we made the decision about our mission, before we made the decision about our master. You see, today, your master is either yourself, you're in the driver's seat and you've got full control. I'm not sure how that's going for you. For some of us, our master is our spouse. That can be awkward. For others, it's our career. But the Bible says that our master should be Christ, our Saviour, that Jesus is Lord. It's not just a slogan that He actually becomes Lord. He said here, you got to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Concerning our mission, you, you, you need to know this. God has given each and every one of us a mission and it will cost you the sum total of your life. So it better be worth it. In fact, all of us really, if we, if we sit, if we're in that place of maturity in adult life, we are on a mission and it is costing us the sum total of our life. All of our life is pointed towards that mission, being spent towards that mission. Uh, and I wanna remind you today that we need to check that it's worthy of all of our life. Some people have made enterprise their mission 
And every enterprise, every organisation on the planet today has a very short lifespan. Some people make their mission to get married, have children, build a family legacy. Nothing wrong with that. But it's probably not God's ultimate mission for you. In fact, it can cocoon, it can cocoon you, cause you to feel safe, but be in a very dangerous position. When we discover our mission in God, we get to answer the question clearly and confidently, what on earth am I here for? But that mission will always have an eternal impact beyond your family. Who you marry, that's an interesting one. Who you marry, they'll either support or sabotage your mission. They'll either partner with you or oppose you in that mission. As a result of the fallen world that we were born into, like I said earlier, most of us will find ourselves in a place where we need to navigate our way back on to God's good, pleasing and perfect will. Are you with me? So with that in mind, I thought it would be good to have a look at what God might speak to us today regarding our mandate, our mission. Because I think that word mission can also be translated mandate. I think we can actually see the mandate. And for the men, it's a mandate. It's a mandate that God has given you to do something that will have an eternal impact. So the first thing you might need to do today is reposition yourself. Because unknowingly or knowingly, you've put yourself in the driver's seat. I don't want to be the kind of person in 2020 that finds myself mid-year saying, oh, Jesus, take the wheel. I I just want to find myself saying, oh, Jesus, you do have the wheel, don't you? And I don't want to be the guy sitting in the passenger seat that thinks I'm part of a rally car team and I'm giving the directions. Hello, somebody. I know how some of you are thinking. It's okay, Jesus. You can sit in the seat, but I've got the map and I'll tell you when to turn left or right. When a pastor first told me I wasn't called to be a businessman for the rest of my life, I thought he had started smoking the stuff I was smoking the night before. Like seriously, I thought he had lost his mind. That was in 1998. I was convinced he was wrong. In 1992, I surrendered to Christ and got out of the driver's seat. Well, mostly. In 1994, I accepted the mission. And everything changed. I would say that for many of you here today, it's a time for you to accept God's mission for your life. Everyone has a God mission to fulfill. It's hidden for you. It's not hidden from you. You know, if I had a if I had a million dollars given to me in a briefcase as a gift, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Probably cause more trouble than I have right now. So let's just let's just use the example. But if I had something valuable like that given to me, I, I wouldn't leave it on my front doorstep probably wouldn't put it in the bank right now either, but anyway, it'd be in the home, hidden in a very safe place. It's a lot like the mission that God has given to you. It's hidden for you, not from you. And I believe one of the great commitments we make after making Jesus the master of our life is in discovering the mission, defining it, and then moving towards it. 
Are you with me? Some of us here today need to just get to the place where we say, you know what, that mission, I accept it. When you accept your mission, you get access to the provision. I've done this study, I teach it often. There are at least seven supernatural resources that flow to you when you discover your mission. If you don't know your mission, there are at least 10 questions that will help you discover it. So I wanna pray for everyone here today. Can I pray for you right now? You can agree with this if you like in your heart. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus as I realise that I have set myself in the wrong seat. And today, God, along with others, we're getting out of the seat. Where you go, we go. Your people will be our people. Your mission, our mission in Jesus' name. Amen. Some of you needed a reposition, but I would say others need to recentre. You haven't put yourself in the seat, but you lost your way. I don't know about you, but I love Google Maps. Even when I know where I'm going and how to get there, I still dial in the address. Some of you will say, why would you do that? Because when I dial in the address, it gives me live updates. It tells me where the traffic jams are and the alternate routes to get around it so I can get there in the quickest time. I went and used it last night as we were going to out for dinner. I knew exactly where I was going. I knew exactly how to get there. But it took me on a different route. And as it gave me the information, I kind of went, that road there? Really? Why? When I took the route, I found out why. There was less traffic. It was quicker. It avoided those pesky things with yellow, red and green signals on them. I love Google Maps because it always gives me voice prompts and updates. It tells me ahead of time where to turn. You know what? Google Maps and that little voice assistant, the the Google Assistant, It's a lot like the Holy Ghost. I mean, imagine if I was the kind of person who in today's world, in today's context, was still using a UBD. Especially if I was driving with my significant other, I would normally hand it to her and trust that she could give me the directions from the book, translate them fast enough, accurately enough to me. You wouldn't do that, would you? Can I, say, can I say to you today that the reason why we've been given the Holy Spirit, not just as a comforter, an advocate, but a guide, is so that we can get live updates, so that we can be receiving from heaven the update of the best route, avoiding certain blocks in the flow. Are you with me? The Holy Spirit is your personal Google Maps assistant. Allow Him to not just reposition you today, but recenter you today. You know, you might be a little bit like me when you do punch in and get the thing locked in, you press start. I, I, I just got to do it. I got to scroll up and through and see which way the app is going to take me. Are you with me? And sometimes I kind of leave it in that position, put it in my cradle. And I'm driving along and I can't see the blue dot updating me of where I'm at. And it gives you an option when that happens. Down on the left-hand side of the screen, it simply says recenter. 
And some of us don't need to reposition, but some of us today do need to recenter ourselves with the journey that we're on in God. And some of us sitting here today, you've lost track and you've stopped moving, but that's not the right thing to do because I discovered if you just pull over and park, nothing happens. But if you keep moving, even if it's in the wrong direction, the assistant will pop up and give you a redirection and get you back on track. In God, when you park up, nothing happens. But if you'll just keep moving, the voice activated word from God will come. The Spirit of God will speak to you and say, don't turn right here get you back on track. For everyone here today, I believe we do need to confirm our location. You've got to know where you are. Where are you today? What is your spiritual location pin? Where is it sitting today? You've got to know where you are. You've got to know where you're going. And here's the incredible thing. Here's something maybe you don't want to hear today. God always shows you point A and point Z. He actually doesn't give you that blue track line in between to show you all the steps in between. He expects us to apply faith to B, C, D, E, F, etc., He'll show you where you're at and where you're going. But the points in between, He wants you to apply faith on a daily basis to stay updated with where you are tracking and what your next turn might be. I, I really found it interesting when I, we went down south this week for an overnight trip and when I got onto that main road, it says, stay on here for 150 kilometres. I kind of went, oh my gosh, white line for 150 kilometres. But sometimes that's what we needed. Just stay on that same path. Hello, somebody. The mission that God has put you on has a destination and there are some short tracks and there are some long tracks, but nonetheless, He knows how to get us there on time. Sometimes there's some detours, sometimes there's some straight roads, but we need to know that it is the Spirit of God that wants to speak to us about where He's taking us. He's not just your master, but He also has a mission for you. And that mission will have an eternal impact. You've got to know your location. You've got to follow God's lead and you can't do that if you're in the wrong seat. If you get off track, He knows how to make the U-turns. Sometimes they're the hardest things, don't you think? Making the U-turn, but it's necessary. You know, when Gideon in Judges, it's our theme scripture for the month. When Gideon was unsure about what God had called him to, he asked God to confirm that he was the guy that was going to deliver Israel. The Bible says the very next day after asking. I think this is sometimes where we make our mistake. We ask God something and then we don't do anything about it. But he asked God and the Bible says the very next day, Gideon got up and asked God to confirm what he was saying by putting out the fleece. Now, can I remind us as New Testament believers, as those who are in Christ, we no longer put out fleeces. We don't want creation to give us the confirmation. 
We want Christ to give us the confirmation, but we still seek confirmation. And that confirmation is by the Spirit of God concerning the mission that God has for you, concerning the thing that God has called you to. There will be something that will strike a chord in you that is actually initiated by Christ. If I put two pianos up here on stage, not necessarily the electronic, electronic type, but the acoustic type. If I had two pianos here and I struck key C here on this one and just kept hitting it like this, a phenomena takes place on the other piano. That chord that I'm hitting here will actually cause vibrations in the piano sitting over there with no body touching it. In the things of God, I believe God plays a chord in heaven and that chord reverberates with us here on earth. And that is how God lines us up. That is how God causes that GPS blimp to actually go off on the inside of us. That's the power of asking God what's next instead of telling God what's next. When you've taken the time to seek God for what's next and obeyed His voice, passion flows out of that like a river. If you don't have it, it's real possible that you've just told God where you're going. Can I pray for you again in this moment? Some need to reposition, but some need to recenter. Father, thank you for showing us where we're at today. We choose to surrender afresh to your plan and recenter ourselves to your plan and purpose in Jesus' name. You know, there's many of us here today, you're on track, you're in centre or you're coming back, but it's really important that we press start and get moving. I love what Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 2 says to those that live by faith. It says, The Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. Can I encourage us in 2020, write the mission of God down. Write it down. Make it plain. Run with it. Write it down. Make it plain. Run with it. Press the start button. I like how it says, write it down on tablets. It's just become more relevant than ever before. Hello, somebody. Write it down on tablets. I like, write it down on your tablet and make it your home screen. Write it down on your tablet and make it your lock screen so that it's there. Make it plain. Make it simple. God's mission for your life is not just to get married, have kids and pay off a mortgage. Hello, somebody. If that, that's a privilege. That's a responsibility. They're, they're parts of the journey. But God has given you a mission that goes beyond that. Yes, those things will be included and supported and nourished and whatever, but there's a mission beyond what you're doing now, beyond a career, beyond a business, beyond even a ministry that God has called you to. I like never before, I'm of the belief that God is raising up people who do own businesses and do make money and do cause lots of wealth to come into their life. But if that wealth is just coming into their life for the sole purpose of personal or family prosperity, then it's not under a mission of God. 
It's got to be connected to, we're going to buy this business. We're going to make a bucket load of money. No, a ship load of money. We're going to make ship loads of money. But that money is going to go towards planning churches all over the world. It's going to go to reaching people in orphanages. It's going to go to helping rehouse those who find themselves without. It's going to go to a purpose that's going to make a kingdom impact. Otherwise, it's simply using kingdom power and authority on personal ambition. And God's called us beyond that. God's given me a mission just to be a preacher and a pastor so I can get followers on social media. He hasn't. Didn't call me to be successful, called me to be faithful. Hasn't called me to do this ministry so it can build an organisation. And He's called me to reach out to rescue, teach to transform, to win people to Christ and see them transformed into His kingdom. Write down God's mission for your life. I'm sure this message will initiate conversations between husbands and wives. It should. Should bring us into a greater place of agreement in prayer as we write it down and make it plain and then run with what God has given us. Let me pray for you one last time before I speak to you as we land. Father, thank you today that you do call us into a place where you say, You have a plan for us, a plan that is for good, not for evil, to give us a future and a hope. God, I pray for everyone here today, those that need to reposition and recenter. But God, I also pray for those that need to exchange their master. That God, you would allow freedom of will to be activated for every single person in Jesus' name. Amen. This is the end of the podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au or call us on 9524 5055.